Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Her. Today, we have Dr. Karen Wallowook, who is in a GYN-only women's health practice in Illinois. And today, we're going to talk about a really common method of contraception called IUDs, or intrauterine device systems. So welcome, Dr. Wallowick. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, if you just want to give some everybody a little bit about your background, I know you're now you're specializing in um, gynecology, but can you elaborate on on your background? And that's all right, absolutely. Yeah, I'm Dr. Wallowick. I'm in Downers Grove, Illinois, which is in the western suburbs of Chicago, and I was an OBGYN at a big uh, healthcare corporation for about twelve years. And um, during the pandemic, I decided to leave that group and open up my own private practice. So I'm just doing gynecology only, and it's just fantastic. I've been having a good time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. I imagine you, like most gynecologists, talk to a lot of women and put in IUDs. But for people that don't know what an IUD is, could you give everybody the the very, very basic um, description of what what is an IUD. Absolutely. IUDs are fantastic. We'll start with that. But uh, IUD, basically, it's an intrauterine device, and it's a great method of contraception or birth control for, for a lot of women. Um, it's Usually, these are little plastic devices that we can place easily. Uh, we do it in the office. It's a little device that sits up inside the uterus, a little string will kind of hang outside the cervix that we can see, but I usually say you shouldn't be feeling it. It shouldn't be bothering you. If your IUD is working well, you're not even thinking about it. Right. Um, and, and there's different kinds of IUDs. You're right. They, they look like little plastic T-shaped devices that stay in the uterus. But, but even within IUDs, um, there's, there's several different or two general classes of IUDs that are on the market. Yes, yeah. So the two big categories, there is the Paragard, which is the copper only IUD. Um, it, there's no hormone in that. It's just a little bit of uh, copper actually in that IUD. And that one's good for 10 years, which is great. And then the other category of IUDs are ones that contain a little progesterone. These are little plastic devices contain just a little bit of progesterone that stays inside the uterus. Uh, there are about four different types of progesterone IUDs. Uh, Mirena and the Liletta are uh, similar. They're the same. They're good for five, six, seven years, depending. Um, and then there are. I know some it keeps changing. I have to keep asking, <laughs> really like, do. how many is it? How many years is it approved for now? Like, so true, so true. So yeah, it depends. We, we won't give you a straight answer on that, but up to seven years. And then uh, there are two smaller versions, the Kylina and the Skyla. Skyla is good for three years. Kylina is good for five years. Uh, those are a little smaller, a little easier to place in women that have not had a baby yet. So I really like those. Those are great options. And what do you tell your patients of what, what's the efficacy, meaning like 
how how well is it going to work for keeping somebody from getting pregnant? These are, uh, they work really well. They are over 99% effective. So you don't even have to think about it. I say it's as effective as getting your tubes tied, but it's also completely reversible, which is fantastic. Yeah. What, what do you tell people about the mechanism of action of IEDs? Um, cause yeah, I, I was just having dinner with, uh, my college friends and, you know, we were actually talking about, uh, Actually, we were talking about some politics of uh, uh, the recent uh, Roe v. Wade. And then we got to the topic of IUDs. And at my old group, when I was in that big group, there was a doctor in my practice that actually didn't insert IUDs because of his religious his his religious views. I'm like, and they were asking me, like, what do you think about that? And that's not what I tell people is the main mechanism of action. So I'm just curious, like, what do you tell people the mechanism oh, of action it, of IEDs? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of mis misinformation out there about the IEDs, unfortunately, but they prevent pregnancy from occurring in the first place. They really do. So they work a, a couple of different ways, actually. Um, no matter which IUD you pick, they thicken up the cervical mucus, which acts like a barrier to prevent sperm from even entering the uterus. And then they are quite toxic to sperm. So they... Um, I was going to interrupt you right there. I was telling one of my friends, we were actually on spring break and I was saying it provides a hostile environment for sperm. And one of my good friends is like, I think my whole body has a hostile environment to sperm. Some of us are like that. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Sorry. But go yeah. ahead. <laughs> but, but you're right on. Exactly. So it, it stops the sperm from swimming. The sperm never even reach the tubes. Uh, it does not prevent ovulation like the... Um, like the birth control pill does, but it prevents the sperm from ever reaching the egg. So it prevents it prevents pregnancy from occurring in the first place. It really does. Yeah, that's what I think too. So I've always told people, you know, nobody 100% knows the mechanism of, of action, but the main mechanism I was taught is that it provides a hostile environment for sperm. Not you really so much that it's like aborting a fertilized no. egg. No, it, it really doesn't. So, right. Um, yeah, it, it just decreases that risk. I know there's been studies done and they, they look to see if sperm has gone into the fallopian tubes and all kinds of crazy stuff like this. And, and it, it has been shown that, that it prevents the sperm and the egg from ever even meeting in the first place. So no guilt. No guilt. So, so when you're <laughs> talking to somebody about, okay, well, I like this IUD thing because mm -hmm. I don't want to get pregnant for, you know, at least five years. Um, how do I decide between the Paragard that doesn't have hormones versus the progestin ones that release a little bit of hormone? Sure, sure. So the one thing you have to know about the Paragard or the copper one is that it can make your periods heavier. So, you know, for me, that is a bit of a drawback. So if your periods are already heavy in the first place, you may not want something that's going to make your periods heavier. Yep. Whereas the IUDs that contain a little progesterone actually help a lot with the periods. They make your periods lighter. Some women will have no period at all on them. And that really is okay. I promise. <laughs> Some people worry about not having the periods, but if there's a reason why, such as like an IUD that's helping control that uh, period flow, it really is okay. Uh, and that can be a lovely thing to have lighter, less heavy periods or no period for a while. Yeah. Um, I personally, I think I've, I'm 52 now, so I don't, 
and have had permanent birth control. But um, I think in my, in my lifetime, I think I have tried every method of contraception out there, including both kinds of IUDs. And uh, the first, I, I did the progestin IUD, um, and it was great because I didn't have heavy bleeding. But I bled every day for eighteen months, and but I think that's really rare because I don't see that in my practice. I agree. A majority of patients don't have issues with it. It's common to have a little irregular bleeding that first first two months or so on average. Um, I think it helps. I try to place it right after period. I think that helps a little bit. Uh, but you can have a little irregular bleeding for the first couple months after it goes in. And then after that, it really should get better. But yeah. yeah. What do you do? Again, this was, I don't know, 15 years ago that I tried the progestin IUD and I just, I bled every, just a little bit, just where I had to wear like a panty liner every day. And I tried everything. (laughs) Like I tried three months of adding birth control pills, like uh, months of adding estrogen, months of adding, what is your tip? What what do you do when somebody's, it doesn't happen very often. So. Oh, sure. We'll try it all. First I'll I'll see you. I want to do an ultrasound. You want to make sure that IUD is in the right spot because if it's, you know, move or shifted or something, then you're probably going to have to continue to have bleeding until we replace it. But uh, assuming it's all in the right spot, I'll I'll screen for infection and make sure there's no infections that need to be treated. We can do some ibuprofen. I'll do uh, have you take a leave for a week or two just to see if that helps. Sometimes it just decreases the inflammation around it and that can help. Uh, We'll do some birth control pills for a month or two. Sometimes that just kind of stabilizes the lining of the uterus and that can help as well too. And if we've tried everything and just nothing works, then yeah, sometimes it's just the IUD is just not for you. There's nothing that's a hundred percent for everybody, you know. Right. But right. Um, what about I, I? I've heard some kind of myths out there about well, I don't want to get an IUD because I don't want to have an ectopic pregnancy. What do you What do you say to that comment? But again, the IUD prevents pregnancy in the first place. So that you actually have a decreased risk of ectopic pregnancies using any form of contraception, including the IUD. It's just that when you can't, when you do get pregnant with an IUD, the, the, there is always a failure rate. It's less than 1%, but those women that rarely do get pregnant with an IUD, now there's a little bit of increased risk of an ectopic. Now you're more worried about, could there be an ectopic or a pregnancy in the tube? So we'd want to see you early and check for that. But overall, it decreases your risk of ectopic pregnancies. Right. What about STDs? Are you checking everybody for STDs before you put an IUD in? Or what's the relationship between IUDs and STDs? Sure. Yeah, it's a good idea. I I do tend to do a chlamydia gonorrhea check uh, when we're placing it. Just, just to make sure if there's an infection present when you're placing it, you could theoretically uh, increase the, the risk of the spread of the infection. Um, and I'd want to know if that's there. And even if I find at that time, we can treat with antibiotics and usually you're fine as long as we know about it right away. But after that IUD has been in for a while, you're actually at decreased risk of infection. It, it doesn't prevent you from contracting an STD. You can still get chlamydia or gonorrhea, but it's less likely to, to spread up into your pelvis. Again, the IUD thickens up that cervical mucus, which acts like a barrier to the uterus. So it's going to prevent anything from getting up inside there, which is which is a good thing. Now, are you giving anything to make or, or what are you doing for insertion? Are you doing like numbing medicine or any pre-treatment with Cytotec to open up the uterus? Or are you doing anything ahead of time for your IUD insertions? 
I don't routinely do that. Occasionally we need to, but not routinely. The one trick I've learned that works really well is trying to place the IUD when a woman is either on her period or right after. Because mm -hmm. the cervix is open just a little bit and it makes all the difference. Also, I usually recommend either the Skylar or the Kylina for a woman that has not had a baby yet. Because again, she has a, the cervix is not open. It's a little easier to place. They're, they're a little smaller in diameter. They're a lot easier to place actually. So a little, I recommend a little ibuprofen and to just take it easy after placement, but it's usually not that painful. It really isn't. Do you find that nullips, meaning somebody that's never had a baby before, have more discomfort after the IUD compared to somebody that's had a baby? <laughs> Definitely. I think yeah. so. <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. I joke like if, when we place them right after a woman's had a baby, like the six week postpartum visit, they don't even feel it. They're like, right. oh, is it in yet? They don't even feel it. <laughs> no <Yeah>. big deal. <laughs> Same. Like I've had, I've yeah, had both, yeah. I've had both IEDs. I had the progestin yeah. one and then I had the, um, I did, I was like, all right, well, I'm still not ready to, um, like get permanent birth control when I got the, the Morena IUD taken out. So I was like, all right, I'll do the Paragard IUD. Cause I'm just not a hundred percent sure I was done. Um, and I was like, I, we tell our patients, like, take some Motrin or leave. And then the day that my partner was going to put in, I'm like, oh, I forgot. Just put it in. And, You're like, and yeah, I felt, I felt nothing yeah. versus nothing. when nothing. my daughters had it. Like, I think they, like, laid in bed for two days. Um, right. Exactly. But some of that might have been, like, it was the summertime and I'm going to lay lay by the pool and lay in bed and I can't empty the dishwasher. because That's right. You might as well milk it. That's what I tell them. Go ahead and milk it. That's all right. Take it easy. Yeah. You know, if you go for a five mile jog, you're going to have some cramping. Just take it easy. But yeah, it does seem like once your uterus has had a baby, it's it's not as impressed by a little IUD. It's just not. <laughs> exactly. Versus somebody that has not had a baby, they might have some cramping for a couple days. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what and I say. Take it easy. Good 24 hours, little ibuprofen, taking it easy. What are you doing in your practice? Is, are you doing any follow-ups after IUD insertion, either exams or ultrasound to confirm the placement? Yeah, I don't make them come back just routinely just to check and make sure it's there. I don't because nobody Same. wants to be at the gynecologist more than they need to. But I say if there's any issues, you've got to let me know. I say your, your IUD is working well if you're not even thinking about it. You're not bleeding. You're not cramping. You're feeling great. That's how it should be. But if you are bleeding and cramping all the time, then I, I want to see and we'll do an ultrasound and make sure it looks good. Yeah, that's what we do too. Yeah, yeah. What about the question, well, is my partner going to be able to feel this? Yeah, sometimes it's true. So sometimes the, the strings hang outside the cervix. They kind of hang down for a little bit. And usually they tuck back up behind the cervix. They really do. They shouldn't be poking anybody. Nobody should be feeling them. But occasionally a partner will complain of that. I always tell my patients, don't tell them because, of course, he's going to think he can feel it. But if you really can feel it, then we can trim the string shorter if we need to. Not a yeah. big deal. Um, obviously it is a medical procedure, so there are some risks associated with having an IUD. So, um, I think these are rare, but certainly part of the conversation. What are, what are, what do you tell your patients of like sure. risks? Sure. I tell them that, you know, the worst thing you'll hear about an IUD is that it can just fall out or it can uh, poke into the lining of the uterus or the wall of the uterus. And these things are rare. I, you know, I estimate I've placed well over a thousand IUDs and I've only seen twice where the IUD started to poke into the uterine wall. 
And the uterus is great because it tells you when something's wrong. They were cramping, these they were bleeding. You, you can't miss it. It wasn't like it just disappeared and nobody knew about it. So if you're so that's why I say if you're cramping, you're bleeding all the time, then I'd want to see it to do an ultrasound and make sure everything looks okay. Right. I would say I've been doing this for over 20 years. I think I've done surgery one time for an IUD that wasn't in the uterus. Yeah, um, yeah, me too, that once. It, yep. it, that it was in the pelvis. <laughs> and again, thousands yeah. of IUDs placed. Yes, yes. It really is very rare, very rare. That's why we like them, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, you and I both know that the main indication or, FDA, or the IUD is FDA approved for pregnancy prevention or contraception, but... I don't actually, I don't even know. Is the uh, progestin IUDs, are they FDA approved or do we use them off label to help with other GYN conditions? I am, I am not a hundred percent sure. I bet the Marina is though. I'm not sure. I, I bet it is. I mean, but just like birth control pills, like we right. use birth control pills totally off label for acne, for regulating your periods, but tell yep, everybody what else we use the IUD for other than birth control. Yeah, it's, it's true. So my patients, I'll tell me, you know, the IUD originally invented for birth control, but like, especially the Mirena IUD is fantastic for helping with, with heavy periods, makes periods lighter, shorter. It's good for patients with endometriosis to control those kind of periods. It's good for our, our overweight patients that may be at risk for things like uterine cancer, because it can actually help prevent uterine cancer, which is amazing. And um, people that have small fibroids, sometimes they can discourage the growth of the fibroids as well, too. So we use IUDs a lot for helping with uh, bad period problems. Let me ask you this. This is kind of relatively new, and I've only done it less than a handful of times. But putting, have you ever done this, putting an IUD in at the time of an endometrial ablation for somebody that is just not a good surgical candidate, but they're also not a good ablation candidate because they're at high risk for getting uterine cancer um, or to increase the efficacy of the ablation. Have you ever done that? I have not done that yet. I, I did hear about that. You know, it's interesting. It's not a bad idea, uh, but I haven't done it myself yet. No. Yeah, I've only done it a handful of yeah. times and I haven't gotten to the point where the IUDs expire and it's time to take it out. Um, I know there's only one paper and it's certainly not FDA approved, but I was just wondering if you had any experience with that. Cause I, like I said, I think I've only done it once or twice. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I haven't done it myself. I, I agree. You just kind of worry about taking it out again. You know, that might be a little bit more difficult, but it's worth a try. You know, you are saving someone from a potential hysterectomy if you can. So it's, yeah. it's worth a try. Yeah. Why yeah. do you think... And again, I feel like this ebbs and flows for a while there. Maybe, I don't know, it seems like it's 10 years ago. There was a lot of commercials about lawsuits about Marina. Um, it it seems like the controversy over IUDs has, it was bad for a while, maybe like 30 years ago. Yeah, and then it was yeah. kind of bad 10 years ago. There was a lot of like lawyer commercials, at least where I live about the Morena. It doesn't seem like there's a controversy about IUDs right now, but any idea where that came from? Well, I think the IUD has been around so long now and so many women have used them that we know that they're safe and effective, you know? So it's going to be hard to argue that there's 
I mean, I don't know, lawyers can argue anything, but I would think it's hard to argue that they're somehow dangerous now. You know, they're, they're a great form of birth control and they have so many other helpful effects as well, too, for women. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, preventing cancer. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I don't know really where it came from either, other than I think, like, I don't know, for some reason, the world just hasn't liked Bayer and what ba- Bayer, who's the the maker of um, Marina, like, I don't know. The world just sure. doesn't seem to have liked that company. Oh, please. You know, yeah. <laughs> Anything new, right? Anything, you know, people don't understand, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know. know either. <laughs> Anyway, I think we pretty much covered it. Can you think yeah. of anything else we haven't talked about, about oh. IUDs? Gosh, no. Yeah, I just hope women, you know, realize it is a safe and effective and great option for many women, certainly not everyone, but many women, something to consider, something to talk to your OBGYN about for sure. Yeah. It's great to know. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for helping yeah. us with this information. Where can people find you? So I'm in uh, Downers Grove, Illinois. I've got my website, Wallowick Women's Health. That's W-O-L-O-W-I-C-K. And I'm just working on the social media stuff too, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. But it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, this was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material, or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.